All right, I'm going to go in the intro now. All right, hit it. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of Hip Squared, American Fantastic's pop culture podcast, talking about everything from the mainstream to the independent, weird, old, and local. Troy, how's it going? I feel like a ray of sunshine in a dark, dark, depressing world. Wow, that was very <laughs> profound, Troy. You know, I figured we needed something, like, deep and profound to start our second season. Yeah, well, that's fully appropriate. It was a very rainy day in Louisville, Kentucky today. Yeah, it is uh, depressingly dreary, but hey, yeah. you know, we're we're fine. It's fine, yeah. but the sun ra- will come out tomorrow. That's what Little Orphan Annie says, right? Is it Little Orphan Annie? Yeah, it's so. Little Orphan Annie. Okay. Yeah, it was a rainy derby. It's a rainy June, mm-hmm. but... um. Yeah. Speaking of Derby, did you see uh, Justified won the uh, Triple Crown? No, I did not. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Justified won the Triple Crown, so that didn't happen until like just recently, but then it didn't happen for a really long time before that, right? Yeah, well, it happened yesterday for us, but not yesterday for whoever's listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, we just dated it. That's all right. Man, Triple Crown. I always think Triple Crown is like, I know it's about horse racing, but then I always associate it with like whenever a brand wants to sound fancy, it's like Triple Crown Vodka or something like that. Like, it just makes anything sound, like, top shelf. Yeah. Well, there's Crown Royale. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, True. what I'm thinking of when I think of fancy. Anyways, we... Yeah, so now <laughs> that we've meandered through that, um, I did want to welcome Kelly to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Hello, guys. Kelly is my wife in her own oh. person. She <laughs> is uh, an artist from Louisville, Kentucky. She's a ceramicist. I think that's how you would say that. Um, she also knits. She's done photography. She's written before. She's just all around cool gal. Mm, thanks. And and um, also doing an excellent job of taking care of our daughter Gaia when I'm at work. Yeah. And all the time, always for the most <laughs> <Yeah>. part. <laughs> I'm an, I'm an okay mom. Yeah. Uh, you're like. More than I was gonna say, I feel like we're obligated at that point to say that you're yeah. better than that. You're amazing. I think it's kind of like it's like a humble. Yeah, it's almost like a humble brag. It's like you, yeah. Look, no. we know you're fishing for compliments, but that's fine. You yeah. deserve them. Uh, so. Kelly is a splendid. One. She's um. How you do go? So if y'all remember the end of season one of Hip Squared, um, it kind of became overwhelming for a little while because yeah. I was working overtime. Uh, Kelly and I were new parents. And just recording on a weekday became, like, a lot. But we were very proud of uh, the ep- 17 episodes yeah. of uh, Season 1 of Hip Squared. If you guys are just jumping on now, uh, you can certainly catch up at AmericanFantastic.com and uh, stream all 17 of the first episodes. Uh, getting off to a fresh start with Season 2. You can also check Kelly out um, on an episode of the American Fantastic Radio Hour, the one we did about Hyperlite Drifter and Game oh, of Thrones. Yeah. So we got to talk about uh, Game of Thrones and Preston Jacobs, who's Kelly's favorite Game of Thrones YouTube person. <laughs> okay, who is he? <laughs> he just goes down into like the whole details of everything and fleshes oh, okay. everything out and kind of goes through all of his theories and points to every single thing in the books that could potentially lead to that yeah oh okay so so does he focus on the tv show does he focus on the books both. um okay he both. Does both. yeah oh. so if you guys want more pop culture geekery you can definitely check out that episode of american fantastic radio Hour, which kelly guested on so this is not her first time behind a mic but yeah. we are glad to second have her back. time second time <laughs> and um the reason we wanted to have kelly on well besides her just being an incredible woman and artist and the mother of my child uh we do want to talk about uh, Me Too, 
and the Me Too movement and how that has impacted uh, pop culture. One of the people that I talked about a lot in season one uh, and has let me down <laughs> a bit was Aziz Ansari. Um, oh. So, yeah, I was like, really excited. Uh, for season one of uh, Hip Squared, he had just done a Netflix special where he was at Madison Square Garden and sold it out. He was also uh, the star and creator of his own show, Master of None. Mm-hmm. Which is and he awesome. also wrote a really good book called Modern Romance which, which uh, with a statistician, great. yeah. And um, he always presented himself as a gentleman, at least on stage. Like He talked about how to like text women without being a creep. Uh, kind of their frustrations about the whole, like, is she going to text me back or not kind of game. Modern romance. Modern yeah. romance, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, uh, it's actually not uh, extremely recently <laughs> anymore, uh, but on Babe.net, Kate Way uh, published a story called I Went on a Date with Aziz Ansari. It yeah. turned into the worst night of my life. Um, Which, and I that mean, kind of I think is a little, a little hyperbole, but yeah. I mean, well, I, mean if I, st- I think we should also first state that even though I'm like the only woman with a group of dudes, yeah. like I'm not representative of women as a whole. Just, exactly. you know, throwing yeah. that out there. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to dismiss also like what she felt that night. Because mm-hmm. that could absolutely be the worst night of her life. But I mean, that could just be like a really bad date. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know? I think that's where the the. Do you mind explaining just how you understand what went down that night or what that was about? Like what that big controversy yeah, was. Like just in your own words, like just kind of as you remember it, and then like what, this is not like a fact it's, check thing. This is just me putting yeah. Kelly on the spot. But well, yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds like miscommunication as as a whole. You know, like she was, I guess, in her words, trying to like. Um, give off these vibes that she wasn't ready for anything sexual, whether it was intercourse or, you know, um, hand jobs or mm-hmm. blow jobs or whatever. And he was definitely, and again, in her opinion, um, I guess pressuring her or not yeah. picking up on her Kind of coercive, cues. I would yeah, say. Yeah, you know, definitely. And he, he responded, I, I guess, via Twitter. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that, wasn't his take on the night. He thought mm. he thought everything was consensual, and, and so and he, we should also clarify too that even though he was pressuring her, he did not physically like force her through anything. It was more just yeah. like intense verbal pressure, and like I think like well, I'm sure like light physical well, pressure, but he didn't like actually. So where did the, when yeah. did this all happen in terms of um, was it I like Bill Cosby, um, Kevin Spacey? Mm-hmm. Um, Before. Morgan Freeman. So the way I remember it was the big one was uh, Harvey Weinstein that kind of broke everything off. Mm -hmm. Um, We also had the Louis C.K., which was already bubbling under the surface, but then Me Too movement kind of put that in the spotlight too. Right. And I think which is also disappointing because I really enjoy Louis C.K. And I I mean, on a spectrum of things, I think his is a little more egregious than Aziz Ansari's. But I mean. Yeah, and, and we I've seen a lot of uh, internet memes lately that have, or especially in I don't know if it was 2017 or 2018, where it was like last year everyone was depressed about like all these big celebrities that were dying. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess I'd kind of prefer that as opposed to what's coming out now, which is hearing or about all heroes their favorite, yeah, being, doing fucked up. Things. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is what's happening now is all of these like, oh, I love this celebrity. Oh, he was involved yeah, um, in a I'll, sexual, uh, um, yeah. Bring- <laughs> Oh. So that was it. There's a little fairy in our room. It's the uh, Samsung fairy. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. But, uh, How unprofessional. I know. It was very unprofessional. <laughs> we should also put up an uh, explicit content warning now that we have Kelly on the podcast. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we're not going to edit anything out, uh, but we usually 
Yeah, she does have a little bit of potty mouth. So anybody that doesn't like four-letter words or is with kids, just uh, this is your content warning. Heads up. <laughs> Do not listen <laughs> with children. <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with uh, about like yeah, it's the same sort of feeling after Louis C.K. because he did kind of talk about his like perversions and like how he felt very dominated by his sex drive and felt like sort of ashamed by like some of his habits but it never yeah. seemed to be he, he, with other people that he was doing and like the, the way he presented himself on the television show he did present himself as very flawed but he also yeah. didn't present himself doing anything into like flower pots or like whatever well he, he presented himself flawed in certain ways that yeah. people could under or that like people would sympathize with. Mm-hmm. He didn't present himself in, like, flawed ways that he knew people would have problems and, with. And he also, yeah. part yeah, of his fair. comedy, too, was a, um, a respect and an awe for women. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. especially, like, his mother, he's, like... I think um, that's why a lot of women really liked, the, you know, him as a, as a comic. Yeah, so that was, like, doubly, doubly disappointing. I would also say, too, as far as, like, when we talk about Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein and Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari yeah. and Kevin Spacey, and um, we can even throw like Al Franken in there, like Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Bill uh, Cosby was a huge blow. I feel, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and like he was a a cool dude doing yeah. a lot of, you know, cool things and he helping. A, he was inspirational to a lot of people yeah. when the show was out. Yeah, yeah, and, and then for that to blow mm-hmm. up, I mean, yeah, yeah like his anyhow. his sitcom was uh, groundbreaking and presented an African American family yeah. in a way that had never been presented before, like a middle class, well educated, um, but. It's hard because, too, when we talk about these things, like, I think one thing that's very important is there's a spectrum of offense. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of like, um, I feel like the least, like, as far as the spectrum goes, it almost seems like the most common offenses are the ones that are awful. Like, they're they're bad. Like, I'm not condoning them, but they're also mm-hmm. the ones that are like, like, what Aziz sorry did. I think that, like, many men pressure women on dates, and I'm sure it happens, too, where it's the woman that's being... Uh, too much on the pressuring men or like we can not even like throw the genders out and just say like when people go out on dates a lot of times one is more dominant or more aggressive and can even like go and cross into the the coercive side and I think that's very common I think that um, like bad comments or bad jokes or sexist jokes and like that stuff is very common I think the things that like Bill Cosby did where he's literally drugging and raping women is like the yeah it's like the the most heinous but also probably I mean hoping and we know that like it's it's still more common than we would ever want it to be, but seems to be like the more rare part of it. Too. Well, now we also get into the the other issue, which is the false blame. So there has been there's been many women that have come out with like true complaints and has been backed up by many other people. But you'll see some uh, some celebrities that have been that women have come out and said. This guy did this, and then there's just no evidence well, to back it up. Can we back up just a little bit? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Thank you. No. Um, so, like, with the zines, I'm sorry. And maybe I don't remember the link right now, and maybe I can find it, and you can throw it in show notes or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, there's this woman talking about it just being, like, well, not just, you know, but, like, being a really bad date and how you were talking how it can be somewhat coercive. And she's like, not to dismiss what this woman went through, it's not a terrible thing, but we should also talk about, like, why is it okay for someone to, I mean, it's not, like, when we're talking about it now, but, like, it's so pervasive that someone could coerce, usually predominantly would coerce a woman into having some kind of sexual relations with them, and why is why has that been so prevalent and predominant 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's the discussion yeah. that we should be having around mm-hmm. what this woman is actually talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of endemic sexism mm-hmm. and uh, like a lot of toxic yeah. masculinity and a lot yes. of entitlement and a lot of attitudes yes. of men can do whatever I they want for this. what they want because yes they, they and like we could talk about the incel movement and that's sort of been like mm-hmm. its own dark backlash of this of like men who feel like entitled to sex so if they aren't getting it they they feel like uh like they incel like the, the event i'm referring to i think it was the person in toronto that ran down a bunch of people. Oh, claimed yeah. Claimed that, like, he wrote a Facebook rant that he was an incel. So, like, because he was not having sex with women, he felt justified to murder people because he felt so angry at the world that he yeah. wasn't, you um, know. Or, well, there was also the shooting in, the school shooting in Texas. I believe it was that one where the um, the boy had, uh, what was it, had tried to ask this girl out and she had rejected him. And she's, I also heard she kind of publicly humiliated him, like, justifiedly so, but, mm-hmm. like, in front of their class, basically, like, put him down hard. And that okay. was, like, that why was it said. justified like was because was, he was he was, was asking he creeping her, on her yeah he was okay. creeping on her okay. like multiple times I don't know like, that story. yeah it wasn't like this is the first rejection kind of okay. situation it was more like he kept I, I, I don't want to know if like the term harassment but like he was definitely mm-hmm. being too persistent for his own good and so it's like she tried to put him down gently it didn't work and so now she was going to basically like humiliate him a little bit in front of his classmates be like look try this is not wanted like yeah try like, and push him off and get exactly. him away and it's that it's that that where you're talking about that endemic idea of yeah. uh that men have that oh i deserve this as a as a guy this is normal for my feelings this is this is what i've i've earned and that's just it's it's hard to teach people that um especially well you have to be taught at a young age that like you yeah. don't get what you think you deserve just because you think you deserve it like you have to go through the work of building a relationship if you think mm-hmm. if you really want that like that is it's it Absolutely. yeah you don't deserve that yeah you need to work for it and yeah. that's just not what people understand and uh maybe this is like the old guy me th- uh talking right now but maybe it does it have to do with the instant gratification that we have that's in the world the word i was thinking <laughs> yeah right does yeah. it have to do with the idea that like uh kids nowadays if they want it's right. I, I just wanted to put in like if, if anybody if any man wants instant gratification like i kind of figured out how to give myself you instant gratification hand. when i was 12 years old so <laughs> at the same time it's like come on guys let's use our imaginations you don't have to be addicted to internet <laughs> porn like you can basically like enjoy yourself and enjoy your body and not put other people in harm's way well mm-hmm. and then sort of along the same lines um there was an article again i'll have to like maybe link you to it so yeah. you can throw it in the show notes but there was an article i was reading um of who is the guy david hogg who's leading the um basically the call for anti-gun legislation one okay. of the kids from oh. sandy not sandy Hook, sorry no um, parkland parkland yeah yeah, yeah. And he was just, and this this is a new term. He his family was just um, swatted. Mm-hmm. Oh, my actually, God. were they really? Troy, you yeah, know what swatting is because that comes from gaming culture too. It does. Troy, explain what swatting is to anybody uh, who's not familiar with that. A lot of times, swatting comes with uh, live stream scenarios where uh, people will be streaming uh, TV or a video game live, and then somebody that is on the channel will uh, call in a fake SWAT or will call in a fake. Um, Police. charge police yeah. charge and it, it normally is something heinous and something like that the they police have, have to take they seriously have a, a hostage they have a and hostage so they, they send um in there is child pornography sword. going on in this house right now you need to go that go there and take care of it like that's the kind of stuff that people will call in a swat and then yeah. it's called swatting because oftentimes literally a swat team arrives the person has no idea what's going on and they will bust down the door uh and since it's a swat team that's there they 
um, are those, ready to they are, people. Yeah, they are there to um, protect everyone they can, but most of all themselves. So uh, if they are ever at th- uh, think that there is a threat, they will not hesitate to fire. Yeah. Um, so I did not hear about that, that his, uh, his family was actually swatted. That's yes. horrible. And, and, yeah, you'll you'll hear, especially nowadays, a lot of um, a lot of times people get charged. Like, they'll go after uh, the people that started the SWAT because it's so dangerous. And it's these kids that yeah. think that, that what they're doing has no consequence. Well, to tie it in with what you were kind of saying just a minute ago, um, apparently it was tied into this article that I'm mentioning with David mm-hmm. Hogg, but apparently a lot of people have been maybe people that you wouldn't really care about, but like Tom Cruise, you know, like a lot of mm-hmm. famous people have been swatted. Yeah, and, um, mm-hmm. and and so they were also saying there was this one guy, I think in New York, that was like, he was using this as as a, a threat against women mm-hmm. to go out on dates with him. First he would do, like he would um, ask, I guess, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they would reject and he would start sending pizza delivery people with weird like pizza with no cheese and you know like trying mm-hmm. to send them at, but like at all that hours he knows of the day. where they live yeah mm-hmm. and then and so like when they you know put them put you know put them down hard then he would threaten like if you don't send me like nudes or if you don't mm-hmm. go out with me or whatever i you know i will swat you mm-hmm. and so yeah he was using this coercively Mm-hmm. So that's like another a new way for like someone feels entitled, and uh, I mean, and, like I will use this tool mm-hmm. against you. Well, part of this has to cycle it's back into like people that get these threat. Like <laughs> we're the, I think swatting in itself could be its whole discussion mm-hmm. yeah, uh, about really, hor- really how good. horrible it is. But bringing yeah. it back to what we're talking sure. about, it is. You're right. It's just another way that. Um, it's a weapon people that can people can try and get what they want. It, it's a weapon that people can use against other people online. To it's it's basically like digital terrorism in a way. Yeah. Um, another related one, uh, as far as like uh, GamerGate, um, that was oh a few God. years ago when like women. Um, I have stories. Gaming about journalists, that. yeah, but that that also started. Um, that was one of the first big public trends of doxing, mm-hmm. and doxing is related to sw- is, is related to swatting. Because basically, somebody has to be doxed first. That's when you find uh, their real address, and like mm-hmm. uh, you can publish that online, or pu- it basically is a way to threaten people and, yeah. and try to silence them. I mean, I but had it's, it's I had so much harassment as a gamer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. online. I mean, it was. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I so, so Kelly used to play FF11, Final Fantasy 11 yep. when you were. Can you just talk about like some of the experiences like you had as a as a woman gamer, like when you were, like like around what age were you and like what would you like high what school. would okay. Um, high school and I mean, mostly it was just like, like the most common one is when you have to rest to get your HP. The characters in game kneel, and so like guys. Uh, finding out that, you know, that you're a girl or whatever, they would stand in front of you and be like, oh, yeah, baby, just like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, like, the most innocuous one. That mm-hmm. was just really, you know. I mean, I had to annoying. admit, like, when I was 16, I would have thought that was pretty hilarious. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's gamer maturity, and I, I hate to, yeah, I hate to roll it up in that, but it's just, like, there's so many different, there's so many cultures. But, okay. So yeah, but like, and I'm not but, saying it's okay, and I don't think it's okay, and I hate it. Uh, but it's, it, girls 
Yeah, I, I, I don't want to roll kinda... all girls up into this, but most girls would not be like, "Oh yeah, that's funny." <laughs> no, you know, they wouldn't. So that's the you know. Yeah, exactly. it's 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 uh, harassment. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, there's my issue with it is that I I wish there was something we could do, and I don't know what it is, and th- because it's when people don't have. Uh, another person in front of them telling you this is wrong, this is something you can't yeah. do, they don't understand it. They think well, that it's just... An, yeah, it, it, yes, yeah, absolutely. It goes back to people... Um, I'm sure there have been tests. People don't realize that when they're talking to somebody online, they're talking to another person. Yeah, uh, kind like call centers. You know, you get really mad at the person at the other end. Yeah, but you're talking to you're talking to another human being, another human being that has emotions and feelings, and another human being who's going to remember this 10, 20 yeah. years from now. Oh, I have and especially, yeah. too, if, if you're trying to welcome people and build a community and a community of gamers, then you need to respect all members of that community. And by, like, being doing jokes that are humiliating to... A lot of the gamers, it's like you're making the game less fun because you have oh, less yeah. kinds of people. Like Kelly was, I'm sure, good at doing things. Like you were a good healer. I was right? fantastic. Yeah, I was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so so I let's mean, let's nerd out for like. Could you give me like a, a spiel on like what you're like FF11? Like what character you like to play? Like just like real quick. What what were you? How did you like to play? And like, uh, okay. So usually I was a white mage. Um, I also had black mage. You can switch out. You know. Hmm. Um, so uh, how familiar are you with it? Because whatever... Familiar enough. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so say you have a level 30 white mage, then you also have like a second job. And mm-hmm. so I, I chose black mage because I feel like those went really well. Mm-hmm. And so at level 30 white mage with a black mage sub, then you'd have um, level 15 spells available. So it was whatever half... Okay. Of the your initial your first job, mm-hmm. so I often played white mage, but I had a high level black mage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could do a lot of you could do a lot of healing, but then healing you could do damage too damage, as a secondary. Yeah. yeah. Did do you think do you get treated differently? Like, did you get less respect just on a gaming level of like planning the strategies and like? Did you feel like you got less respect of being a woman, or do you feel like certain groups like made you feel welcome and made you feel valued? Oh, yeah. Like, well, okay, so to say that, you know. There was a lot of harassment, but there was also a lot of um, in-game, like, building up and holding other people up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. And, I mean, I think I, a lot of people did love me, you know? Like, there was a lot of, like, you know, a guy let me um, borrow a rainbow cloak, which was a high-level item. And, you know, um, another person would help uh, power level you. You know, like, if you're part of a, a community, they would help power level you to go get uh, a really great item for your mm. job class. So, you know. But it was the it was the individuals, the single people that you would come across yeah. that were the issue. So, like, one of the – one that comes to mind that okay. I – I really like telling this story because he really got his <laughs> in the end. So we were playing um, – we were having a, a great um, party, basically. Mm. Um, we were – I think, you know, an iron in, and we were all just kind of talking, resting, doing that kind of thing. Um, this guy, who was new to kind of, y- usually you kind of know someone, and then you go out and you invite other people into your party to kind of mm-hmm. do like some leveling up. But um, this guy was new to the group, and he started like right off harassing, like you know, s- 
standing mm-hmm. in front of me while we're resting and like mm-hmm. yeah that feels good you know whatever doing that kind of stuff and i'm be like man just don't not cool you know come on and other people will be like uh yeah you, you should probably stop and eventually like it got to the point where they we just kicked him out of the party mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. harassment he started calling me like bitch and cunt and you know stuff Jeez. like that yeah and like <laughs> and um then he stood there and shouted at us and when you do shout in the game it mm-hmm. shouts to the whole area so then he was just bombarding everyone in the whole area with all this nastiness and ugliness and so a lot of people in my group actually blacklisted him but when you blacklist someone you mm-hmm. don't see them at least at the time you don't you're not able to see them in the area mm-hmm. that you're going into potentially mm-hmm. And I always like to look because I want to know who I'm dealing with in that area. Mm -hmm. And maybe guys don't think about it like that. And maybe that's why they blacklisted them. But I don't want to get fucking harassed in the area I'm going into. Mm -hmm. So I did not blacklist him. Um, (laughs) Later on, um, later he was in a party. I went into an area, saw that he was playing. He immediately started harassing me. And shouting to the area, this fucking bitch, blah, 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 you know, got me kicked out of a party, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. So I went and changed to my black mage, which at level 30, you have a warp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went and aggroed some fucking elementals. <laughs> and then I shouted to his group. <laughs> Find an area you can work to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming your way. <laughs> so I took all these lightning elementals to where he was trying to level and then sat down and warped. And like I had my high level black mage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't doing anything to me. But I can guarantee you it killed him and probably deleveled him. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> Sex is piece of shit. Well, well done. Yeah, Man, well I think that deserves awesome. a yeah, round of applause for pointing that you. That's an incredible story. Well, that's really cool that you had other people in the group that were sticking up for you and you guys kicked him out, but then when he was continuing that behavior, yeah. you didn't just let it go and oh, it you, you gained that. your vengeance. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kelly, I hope that um you could be an inspiration to like any, you know, young people or anybody that's ever been harassed online. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while you might get your golden opportunity to have your revenge. Which is so weird because I you would think like nerds are already picked on. Why would you spread that? Because stuff this is their they chance. Anger. Yeah. Yeah. They've been picked on for so long and now this is their chance to get there. <laughs> well, um, now that we've we've plumbed the depths, I did want to talk about one more thing. I didn't try to bring up uh, false accusations for a moment. Oh. Uh, one mm-hmm. one thing that I do want to touch on was the um, Rolling Stone article that came out a couple years ago. Um, there was a report about the, I think it was the Little Cross team at the University of Virginia or a oh. rape at the University of Virginia. And, but basically what came out was that um, that there was flawed journalism, that the event mm-hmm. actually didn't happen, that there wasn't enough um, due diligence to check up on, like do oh, fact-checking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I think that when that happens, it like I know everybody wants that hotly, that hot story, but when that happens, it discredits people and it casts doubt in people's mm-hmm. minds and it discredits true victims yes. of rape. And also, too, that I think that... Um, as a as a man, as a person with you know white male privilege, I always want to believe women 
and uh, believe women first. And but at the same time, I do think that it's like it's also like there's this uh, like tension because at the same time you do want to have um, due process and you do want to have um, everybody able to speak out and tell their side of the story. It's just that as a default, I always would believe women first, and then. I would want to basically be have it to be like proven wrong. And I know that in a way that's presuming guilt over innocence, but I feel like because women have been so oppressed and ha- there is so much sexism and misogyny in society to balance the scales even a little, you kind of have that to have that attitude, although it does sacrifice a little of like, you know, ideals like due process and things like I that. I will say that when this, the, the Me Too movement kind of started, which was October, November-ish, mm-hmm. um, I was... Speaking only for myself, but I was nervous about because, mm-hmm. like, what you're saying, um, w- the power it could potentially wield because it's a mob mentality. It can be. It can become a mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was nervous about that, but I think for the most part, it's it's been fairly well handled. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I will say I mentioned to a friend coworker. I was like, oh, this could this could get ugly really quick, and like <laughs> you know, and also like discredit the movement Mm -hmm. you know if people are falsely accused um but at the same time like if we don't get like you were saying due process then Mm -hmm. how else are we gonna be able to speak out yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so well um we do have uh, a few minutes left one other topic that i want to touch upon just to kind of like jam all of our controversy into one episode oh wonderful yeah and uh, this does intersect a little bit with feminism um and uh, also racism, <laughs> but um, Roseanne show the second. We should series also say that we're all white canceled. people. Yeah, we are all white yeah. people, so, and we are speaking know, from um, a point of privilege. from from a point of privilege. Yes, we should should acknowledge that. Um, Probably should acknowledge that at the beginning, but that's fine. Well, I think <laughs> I think I think we should make it explicit. Um, yes, but I also think it's good for people to kind of like hold each other to account. So. You know, if you guys like want to leave comments on this on Facebook and like you can definitely like let us know your perspective. If there's anything that we have fallen short upon or anything that you feel needs to be corrected, uh, please let us know. Uh, we always welcome constructive criticism and any kind of feedback is great. And even if you just want to uh, hate on us, if you do it in a, in a good way, you know, if it's if it's a flaming constructive. Well, yeah, I mean, like, way. I mean, sometimes, like, yeah, like, a, you know, a, please don't a, hate. I mean, just construct. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's always going to be, you know, how people but, are. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, what I'm saying is you don't have to feel like you have to hold back, basically. There you go. Um, there you go. But yeah, so the Roseanne's second series just got canceled for Roseanne uh, putting through an awful racist yeah. tweet. I, okay, Kelly, how do you feel about this? Like, just sort I of. I <laughs> fucking love Roseanne. That was my bread and butter growing up. I come from a poor background. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not being represented on TV, I hated I hated Daria. I hated Full House. I hated Growing Pains. I hated all that shit because they were all upper middle class. <laughs> you know, can't fucking know where I'm coming from. I'm listening to my parents not be able to pay bills, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And here's Roseanne. And, she, you know, oh, man, that was... So what was I different about that. the ninety, like the eighties and nineties Roseanne show? Like, what was different about it for you than like watching those other family TV shows? They live in a dirty, grungy <laughs> <laughs> house and couldn't get real good jobs. You know, um, they weren't all super attractive. They weren't all super attractive. <laughs> yeah. they, you know, they were. Oh, man, they and seemed... she was she was a powerful. She was a powerful woman running her house. 
And she also ran the show. Yeah, running the show. Well, I mean, I didn't get that continuity then because I was probably too young for that. But like, well, it was called Roseanne. It wasn't yeah. called like the uh, the Connors or you know Dan and Roseanne. It was Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> so and it centered around her, but also her relationship with her sister and her mother and her husband and her mm-hmm. children and all of their relationships. And I just and it I did know, it did um it drew me in. It did, and it also did a lot of groundbreaking social issues, and like made things seem normal that were very. Uh, it did talk about pushing race. the envelope. It did, yeah, it talked you know, about race. It also talked a lot about um, LGBTQ jobs. issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Roseanne shared a kiss with a woman, one of the first gay kisses on television. Um, there is also Martin Mull played her manager Leon, who is openly gay in real life, and his character was openly gay. Um, there was an episode about them smoking marijuana that they had yeah. found <laughs> that yeah. used to belong to them. There were episodes that about... That was not happening in any that other That wasn't happening in any show. other show. Yeah. There was uh, episodes where, uh, like, the factory closes. Um, Dan uh, starts a business and it fails. Yeah. So, yes. Roseanne, like, making him not fight anymore. He used to get in brawls and he got in a bar fight and her, mm. you know, her getting mad and at him. And there's even... That was, like, that's my childhood. Yeah. Like, my even, dad even, getting in fights? Yes. And even, <laughs> you know? like, alcoholism, like, too, to some extent. Yes. Like, and, yeah. <laughs> so all those issues were there. Um, and in the new series, so Sarah Gilbert's the executive producer of the new series. She played Darlene on the original show. She yeah. still plays Darlene, but it's, like, one generation older. So now Roseanne's a grandma, mm-hmm. Darlene's a parent, and then there's a new cast of kids. Um, but also leading up to this, like everybody already knew that Roseanne was pro-Trump before the sh- second series even mm-hmm. started. So that's problematic for a lot of people, uh, justifiably so. But so, yeah, go ahead, Kelly. Well, I mean, it's not a surprise, though, because like Roseanne in the first series was kind of like scoffed at politicians anyways. Um, and also, I mean, she's our parents age. My my parents like Trump, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not to be a, a flower child or a hippie and then to go and support Trump in real life. Like, yeah, that's that is absolutely um, not a character arc that is IRL, guys. <laughs> like, and there's a lot of people just to remind the audience too. a lot of people that voted for Obama in 2008 and 2012 and then also voted for Trump. In my 2016, mom voted so. for Obama and then voted for Trump. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like it's very real. Like and. You you have people in your family that vote for people you don't want them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. I'm the black sheep. Like I'm fairly liberal. I would consider myself pretty mm-hmm. progressive. And uh, yeah, all my all my family Trump supporters. And I think too, it's important. Like part of what the second series I thought did that was very impressive is that even though Roseanne, you know, shared this per Trump views on the show. There were also people uh, challenging her and pushing against her. That's the first episode yes. about is like healing that rift between her and Jackie, and they still mm-hmm. have a lot of built up resentment. Um, Who were the the pussy hat? Yeah, and exactly. The nasty. And, woman. and like Jackie's kind sure. of like they great. do a lot of teasing of her being like kind of like a left wing caricature yeah. almost mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but the, the the idea that what I thought was really important about the second season and it was very popular for ABC is that it pierced what I call the filter bubble. Mm. Where there's people that are on the, the right vacuums. that will listen, they will watch it because they know that Trump is pro, or Roseanne's pro-Trump, and that lets them in, and that gives them a reason to be there. But then there's also people like us that grew up with Roseanne, and I consider myself uh, politically radical, and uh, I don't really talk a lot about my politics on this show just because I don't. That would be its own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But at the yeah. same time, um, I still really like Roseanne, and I feel like it. If, if people from the left watched it, I also felt pierced their filter bubble just because yeah, there's characters on the show mm-hmm. that are conservative and I think that that uh, that 
conversation was a bit of collateral damage. I'm also um, cribbing a lot of notes from an article in The Guardian by Suzanne Moore called Roseanne Deserves Her Banishment, But We'll Lose a Lot With Her. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a lot about the collateral damage of, like, yes, she lost her show, justifiably so, because, you know, who would want to advertise in a show where your lead is saying these awful things on Twitter? But awful. at the same time, yes. um, Roseanne even though her name is in the show, she wasn't like the monolithic force. You had Sarah Gilbert, you have John mm-hmm. Goodman, you have all these I other characters Dan and Connor, writers and people. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're all great actors. And yeah, I mean, what she said, which was basically equating uh, a black woman. It was Valerie being, Jones, yes. who was a former Obama aide. She said yes. uh, VJ equals uh, Planet of the Apes plus Muslim Brotherhood. And I might be paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but you can find the original tweet. Yeah, and, yeah so basically yeah. calling a black woman an ape. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> deplorable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Don't think anyone's arguing that point. Right? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she absolutely should have lost her job. Um, and I say that having loved this woman, you know, I, I still love her body of work. It's like, can you, you can were... you hate John Lennon for being, uh, you know, for abusing his wife? Yeah, can you love his work? Yeah, I mean you mm-hmm. can you can do that. Um, I think a lot of people have hard. a hard time it's with hard. that, and there's people I think that Martin would Luther argue King, against that idea. You know, that was you an can. adulterer. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. he he God, he was an amazing man. You know, like well, this gets back to the whole idea of separating. Can can you separate an artist from their work? Yeah, and I think hard. that's that's it. Yeah, should, it's can you and should you separate yes, an artist yeah. from their work? And I think that's maybe a conversation for, well, I don't know how much time I'll we offer, have. I'll <laughs> offer my yeah, perspective. Fair. I'll fair. offer my perspective as an artist and a writer, and then we can start writing up. But I in think my... for my opinion to how I can live with Roseanne and still love it, I think I kind of have to in this case. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. from, from my perspective, I feel like artists and writers, um, they get an, ins- their inspiration from, at least in part, from a divine source. So mm-hmm. you can think of that as God or the universe or the collective unconscious or however you want to put it. Um, and I think that that artist is kind of like a catalyst for that energy or those ideas to channel through, and that artist will filter it and mold it in their own way. So it's a reflection of themselves too, but it's also a reflection of like this divine inspiration or this source of like creativity. And so when an artistic work is put out into the universe, it doesn't just belong to that artist, it belongs to humanity. And so in that way, mm -hmm. like I feel like you can value that original idea and that art form while still as a person critiquing and maybe even hating them um, for some of the things that they've done. And of course I should also, we should all like offer that disclaimer a second time that we're all saying this is uh, white people that have a pace of privilege. Like it might be harder to reconcile that if I was a person of color or if I was Mm -hmm. somebody else who like Trump was, you know, uh, really hurting. Mm -hmm. Well, but how do you punish a person who is an artist who gets their living from art by any other way than not uh, giving into their meaning or yeah, not being interested them. in their meaning. Exactly. Like how, well, how else do you support them? You yeah. can pirate them and not support them. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so the the actor that Michael Fishman made, Fisher or something like that, it's the, the, the uh, man who played yeah. DJ, Connor, basically. Um, he came out saying, you know, like, you know, he, her comments also hurt them basically i mean mm-hmm. i'm paraphrasing again like his they, name is michael fishman yeah, i mean okay. yeah i mean her comments lost on their job yeah exactly exactly and so but and then someone came out saying like well you know the haters of course you know you shouldn't work with someone who's you knew going in yeah. you get you there got into bed with someone who a, if you like, lay down with dogs you'll wake up with fleas in yeah the situation. yeah and it's just like you know what you 
yes and no. You can't be so absolutist because, I mean, are you going to say that about the cameraman, the mic men, the pe- you know, like they're not all going to be pro-Obama. They could mm-hmm. be pro-Trump. You don't know. There's plenty and of like, people that work at a job or they're in a yeah. union where they just told like, hey, you show so up at this set at this day and y- if and you if say no, then you lose your job. Yeah. And if you're so absolutist, like, hell, I wouldn't be able to talk to anyone in my family. <laughs> and of course, when they say shit, like, I'm going to be like, uh, you know, you know, I make a point to challenge them, you know, and like to push the conversation in a direction. And, and that's hard. It's hard on me because it's... A, you know, it's an all-the-time kind of job. Exactly. But I want to be a good ally. I want to make a point. And I feel like if you have such an absolutist mentality, you're not going to be able to talk to anyone in the world. Okay. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Kelly, mm-hmm. so much. Um, what I'm going to do now you're is welcome. I'm going to do a uh, pop culture roundtable. You only get, like, 10 seconds. Just oh. recommend something short and sweet. Uh, Troy, since you didn't get a chance to offer, well, I mean, you oh. offer plenty, I, but I neither of these two <laughs> topics were your ideas, so you get to go first. What, what is it like a pop culture <laughs> plug that you say, can I put got, in? I got my words. Yeah, in. Got, you uh, definitely contributed a lot. I just meant like you didn't choose either of those two topics, so go um, ahead and offer it. Yeah. Current pop culture thing. Um, I've been listening to less so lately uh, the Revolutions podcast. I think I talked about the History of Rome podcast last time, uh, but during that time, I was still listening to History of Rome. After Mike Duncan, the creator of History of Rome, finished uh, mm. the History of Rome, uh, he started a new podcast called Revolutions, which goes through uh, a bunch of historical revolutions, starting with the English Revolution, uh, and the American, uh, Haitian, French. Very interesting podcast. lot to listen to. Uh, but if you're looking for a history podcast, it's a great resource. All right. Excellent. Revolutions podcast. Okay. Kelly, go. Do you have one? Uh, Netflix original series, Sense8. Um, mm. Sense and then the number eight. It is phenomenal. Uh, two seasons came out, and the f- season, or the, excuse me, the series finale just came out, and I'm in the middle of watching it. Um, so far, so good. Um, it's by the renowned uh, Wachowski, used to be brothers, but now sisters. Um, and to kind of end on a, a, a better note, it's more about inclusive, inclusivity. <laughs> and it's phenomenal. Um, black, white queer you know yeah. it's just it's really good it's so great i'll make mine really short and sweet um if y'all haven't uh, caught up with the new season of archer season nine dead <laughs> island uh archer is a SIBO pilot and he's got an eye patch and it's cool that archer is now kind of evolved into this like every new season is an elseworld story where they just change the <laughs> setting but yeah if you guys haven't caught up on archer yet you definitely should um do want to thank you all so much for listening uh, if you want to keep up with hip squared Uh, Follow American Fantastic on Facebook. You can also check out all of our uh, audio content at AmericanFantastic.com. This episode was produced by Mayplex Monk. If y'all want to check out his stuff, go to MayplexMonk.com. You can also follow the creative community on Facebook. Um, Mayplex also has his own podcast called uh, Philosophical Grandeur that you should check out. And he's got a lot of uh, cool projects going on, too. So if you want to follow Mayplex Monk on Facebook, uh, that's definitely a thing to do to uh, keep up with all that cool audio he's putting out. Um, you can also, oh, oh, I wanted to thank danosongs.com for the in- intro and outro to our show. If anybody has the need for royalty-free music, go on over to danosongs.com and check that out. Uh, you can also um, check us out at americanfantastic.com. There's all kinds of art, writing, and audio audio content there. Uh, you can even become a member on Patreon if you'd like. Uh, you can support us with as little as a dollar a month. And like the sign says, anything helps. Uh, Troy, anything else you'd like to add? I think we're good to go. All right. All right.
Toodles. Toodles.